now. Uh, my wife Claire and I started in our home what's become God Central. And uh, I wanted to, to just uh, go back one week. So if you weren't here last week, apologies. But last week, uh, I, I used a quote uh, when Lou and I were sharing from Terry Virgo. And the quote was, I don't put much value on nostalgia, but it's wonderful to look back and honour God for his mercies thus far, convinced the best is yet to come. And uh, I love that, you know, the honouring of God and the best is yet to come. And I think it underlines where our hearts are, that there's more for you and I, individually and corporately, ahead. And so at the start of this year, you know, we really felt God speak to us about firming up the foundations, of kind of shoring things up, of, of putting things in uh, to allow us as individuals and as God central to go on in our mission with God. And, and, that started, and that started by us looking at the culture of God Central, which is where we've been since the beginning of January. And culture, uh, although, you know, as I said last week, I've learned uh, subsequently the word vibe sounds better if you're under 25. Uh, but the vibe of things is just the way things happen. And uh, it's why we just want to talk it through, because it's a beautifully diverse global church with many, many strengths. And there are individual families, individual churches within that global picture. And it's that difference, you know, the agreement in Christ. But it's just the kind of way things are done, which, difference, which uh, differentiates. And so the last four weeks, uh, we've looked at a second chance culture, which Bill brought to us. Uh, a have a go culture, which Rob brought to us. Uh, think the best culture, which came from James. And last week we had... Uh, Lou talking about a forward-looking culture. And today, number five, uh, we're going to have Ian up in a minute, and we're going to be looking at a generous culture. Whereas a church, we want to give our best away. I, wonder, I, was, I was reading this in my office. I was like, I'm actually going to read that out loud in front of people because it's quite challenging. <laughs> but no, we are. We believe that we want to give our best away. We want to be open-handed with our energy, people, our time, and our resources, and use it to bless others and build God's kingdom. I think the last bit there, it's God's kingdom. It's not about, you know, little things. It's, it's the name and renown of our God, anchored back in Isaiah. So I'm uh, going to hand over to Ian. So if we give him a round of applause, he's still, he's, I think he's changed Bible verse <laughs> while he sat there. But Ian's going to come and share, and he's got five brilliant points, which we'll respond to at the end after I've done a bit of God centralizing. So over to you, buddy. Morning. <clears throat> okay. Yep. Good, good, good. Soon change that. Right, generosity. Well, this was um, when uh, when I was asked to speak on generosity. I thought, well, that's a nice, easy subject. Um, quite light-hearted. I thought um, maybe throwing a few anecdotes about God's provision. Um, for example, um, I was having coffee with this Ben, and uh, I'd cut through some alarm cables at, at home, as you do. And uh, I needed to rejoin them, but they were too short, so I needed about that much of, uh, it was seven, eight core cable. Ben said to me, what you need is, um, you need a friendly BT van. So I thought that's a good idea. So um, anyway, I looked online, and you can buy a reel of seven core cable, 20 metres. 20 metres? I want two, three inches. Anyway, so I left Ben, um, I went to, uh, went to, down to B&Q, couldn't park outside B&Q, so I had to park right at the other end by the home, home store, and then, I shouldn't share this, but I needed the loo, so, <laughs> sorry, but well, I walked back to McDonald's, came out of McDonald's, and a BT van 
came past me and I actually followed this BT van to my car and he parked opposite. Can you believe that? And I knocked on the door and said, excuse me, mate, can I have that much of seven-core cable? And he gave me that much of seven-core cable. Okay, it's a silly, trivial little incident, but to me, I was, I was gobsmacked. It just spoke to me of God's care and God's concern that he knew that I needed a little bit of cable and he provided for me. It's a simple illustration, but the principle is amazing. It's huge. It's, it's actually life-changing. And as I thought more about this subject, I became to realise how central it is to our Christian walk. And I began to feel the, the weight of it, if you like, and it just got heavier and heavier on me that this is actually one of those topics that is just core, foundational actually, and life-changing, if, if we take it seriously. I don't know about you, but I, I long for more of God in my life. Anyone like that here today? I, I really, I'm really getting desperate for more of God in my life. And th- this subject has really challenged me, because there's a price to pay. Did you know that? The cross and grace and salvation is free, but there is a cost. There is a cost for each one of us, and we need to pay that cost. And if we're serious, if we really do want more of God, and I saw lots of hands going up, then the second question is, are you going to pay the price? Are you prepared to pay that price? And I believe that God is going to challenge us deeply this morning, and that's my prayer. This is not going to be some soapy talk about being generous. I'm sorry. Um, Well, I'm not sorry, actually, because I want to be changed, and I want you to be changed. And if you're serious, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to use the words from Psalm 139. If you'll join me in this prayer, if you're serious. Pray this with me. <clears throat> Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Father, that is our heart's cry this morning. Lord, we ask you, we give you permission to search our hearts. And Father, as you search our hearts, give us the courage to respond. Please, Father. Can you say amen to that prayer this morning? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Okay. <clears throat> right, that's the heavy stuff out of the way. Let's turn to Matthew, shall we? Matthew 6. So I've got five points. Each point lasts about 20 minutes. So I hope you're, uh, your, din- your dinner's hot on a timer. <laughs> Matthew 6, it should, down oh, there it is, okay, Matthew 6. I'm going to read, um, there's two sections in Matthew, I'm going to read the first section and then we'll, just, we'll have a look at it and then we'll move on. So Matthew 6, if you've got your Bibles, verse 19, says this. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I don't know if you've heard those verses before, but they are absolutely staggering to me. The contrast, if you look at the, look at the words, look at the contrast that, that Jesus is using there. He talks about heaven and earth. <clears throat> he talks about things that last and things that are destroyed. He talks about things that are secure and things that are lost. He talks about light and darkness. Two masters, one is loved, the other hated. One is devoted, the other despised. Bear in mind, he's talking about money. How powerful must money be then? It's, it's black and white, isn't it? This, 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 is, this is what Jesus is trying to get at. And he talks about, he talks about the heart. And the love of money, the Bible tells us, is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, I don't suppose you actually love the physical money. You don't, well, maybe you're a coin collector, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you do actually love physical money. Maybe you look at pound notes and, they don't have pound notes anymore. Gosh, I'm old. Five pound notes, <laughs> 20 pound notes. Um, so we don't actually love the money, do we? But what does money, what does money mean? What does it bring us? Anybody? You can speak to me, that's all right. Holidays. <laughs> that's my wife, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Food. Clothes. Let's use some, let's use some heart words, shall we? <coughs> hey, someone's on the ball. Money brings us, supposedly brings us, all right, security. It brings us comfort. It brings us pleasure, ease. How about control? Brings us control. People use money. Rich people use money to control. And maybe we do as well. Power. Health, even. These are the things that are heart things. These are heart words. These are heart things that Jesus is talking about. You may recall the, the, uh, the conversation that Jesus had with a rich young man. The rich one man said, what, what should I do to be perfect? And Jesus said, give all your money to the poor. And his disciples were quite surprised at this. And actually the response, what was the response of the rich young man? Do you know? What did he do? He went away sad. He couldn't do it. <clears throat> this, is a, this is the power of money. That man was in love. His heart, where was his heart? Where was his treasure? It was in his wealth. And Jesus saw into that man's heart and he said, 
give your money away. Now, I'm not necessarily saying to you give your money away, but if money, if you worship money, if you love money, if money is where your heart is, then yes, give it away. Give it all away. That's how serious it is. It reminds me of Jesus saying, if, you're, if you sin, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. That is, that is heavy, isn't it? That is really heavy. But that's the seriousness of sin. And Jesus saw this man's condition, and it was perilous because he loved money. That's where his heart was. And therefore, in that instance, his, the instruction and the remedy was give it all away. Get rid of it. Get rid of what's in your heart. Now, you don't have to be rich for that to apply to you. You can still love money, even if you haven't got money. And in fact, that's also a snare, because the world, what does the world say? It says, get money. It says, do the lottery. Doesn't it? It says, if you get money, you'll be happy. You can go on nice holidays. Nothing wrong with nice holidays, by the way. But <laughs> Ben's nodding his head. It doesn't it can be if it's it, that's that's the whole point, you see. That's the whole point. You don't have to be rich for your heart to be strangled with a love of money. We can be poor. That sounds a bit strange to say that, but you can. You can your heart it's all about the heart, isn't it? This is what Jesus was getting at in these in these verses. It's about the heart. So the question for you, the first question for you this morning is, where is your heart? Where is your heart? And that's the first key to how to be generous. It's a heart thing. That's point one. It's a heart thing. So, one verse that's been just rattling around in my head for many, many months now is Matthew 13, 44. And I think for me, this sums up the gospel in one parable. And it says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Here's that word again, treasure. Hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That's the gospel for me. What is that treasure in the field that the man finds? It's God himself. God is our treasure. And if you find that treasure, if you see that treasure, it's interesting, the, the verses I read, right in the middle, there's this reference to the eye. That's a bit weird. I kept rereading it, thinking, you're talking about m money, you're talking about moth and decay, then you're talking about the masters and the love of money. Right in the middle, there's a verse about the eye being good and light and darkness. And the reason that's there it's because we have to see clearly. We have to see God's, God is our treasure. This man who found the treasure in the field, he placed so much value on obtaining that treasure that he sold all that he had. This is the cost, my friends. This is the cost. If you want more of God, this is the cost. He doesn't want your money, per se, he doesn't want your time per se. He doesn't want your car, your house. Your he wants your heart. 
That's pretty costly, actually. He wants your heart. But the only way you're going to do that, that make that transfer, is if you see that treasure. If you value that treasure more than anything else in this world, if you, if you can see the glory of Christ, if, he, if you can get that revelation, this will not be a hard transaction. This will be an easy transaction. But if you don't see that transact, if you don't see that glory, if you don't see the value and the worth of Jesus, this transaction is impossible. And the rich man didn't get it. He didn't get it. He couldn't see it. He didn't value Christ above everything else. So, it's a heart thing. Do you feel like you've been pounded this morning? I do. God's been pounding me on this one. Secondly, it's a faith thing. Faith thing. <laughs> it's quite hard to say when you come from Harlow. Faith thing. So I'm going to carry on reading from Matthew 6. <clears throat> Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to this span of life? So why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles, that's people outside the kingdom of God, in our context, non-believers, seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, what does this tell us? Our heavenly Father, firstly, he knows. He knows what you need. And secondly, he will provide those needs. That's a promise. That's a promise of God. That's God's promise to you as a believer. But in the middle of that, he says, oh, you of little faith. So how do you obtain that promise? Well, what is faith? Faith is believing and acting on God's word as if it's true. Well, guess what? It is true. God knows your needs and God will provide for your needs. But you've got to believe that and you've got to act on that. It's no good believing it and not acting on it. That's not faith. That's just a mental consent. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, God. I'm glad that you know my needs and that you're going to provide for me. That's not faith. You see why, see these are, why these are keys to being generous? Can you see the link? If your heart is free from the love of money, and if you have faith in God's provision, doesn't that allow your heart to be free to give? Anybody? <laughs> Can you see that? It's, it's a bit obvious, really, isn't it? If our heart is free, and we have faith in God's provision, then it releases us to be generous. Okay, that was point two. It's a faith thing. It's not all bad news. Well, this isn't bad news, actually. I shouldn't have said that. This is great news. The, fir the third thing is it's a joyful thing. It's a joyful thing. 
I don't mean to be um, heavy this morning. <laughs> but the, going back to the treasure in the field, it says, in the man's joy. Joy. When you, when you have a revelation of God's love, it's joy. Isn't it? Those who have experienced God's love, God's provision, God's faith, it's joy. God loves a cheerful giver. How about it's more blessed to give than receive? That's a good one, isn't it? Blessed just means happy, fulfilled. Have you experienced some of that joy when you give? Is it joyful? Does it make you feel good? <laughs> yes, it does. Fourthly, it's a f- freeing thing. Back to Matthew 6. The whole point of those verses is about not being anxious. So if we have faith, which we've said is believing and acting on the promises of God, that releases us, that frees us from anxiety. Now if you're anxious, what does that mean? What does that tell you when you look at your heart if you're anxious about money or anything else for that matter? Jesus says, do not be anxious. Trust in me. Believe in me. Take me at my word. Live your life in faith. If you're not doing that, you're probably anxious. And if you're anxious, then maybe you need to look at that. Are you trusting God for your future? It's a freeing thing. And fifthly, and lastly, you'll be pleased to hear probably, it's a future thing. Again, back to the verses in Matthew. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. You know, God knows what we're like. We we need to be motivated, okay? (laughs) Let's be honest. Um, Some people think that giving to receive is not very godly. But it's biblical. Jesus says, if you give, then you will receive. And in fact, the measure at which you give, that is what you will receive. Um, And he says, quite clearly, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Again, it's the heart thing, isn't it? Treasure is where your heart is. So let's be investing our lives in storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. (coughs) You know, God knows us. He knows how we're made. He knows that we need to be... um, Encouraged sometimes, but there is a reward. It's a scriptural principle. So that's my five points this morning. It's a, it's a heart thing. It's a faith thing. It's a joyful thing. It's a freeing thing. And it's a future thing. These are the keys to being generous. And I could add, sixthly, that it's a practical thing. When Jesus said to the rich man, give away all your money, he didn't mean it spiritually. <laughs> he actually meant, give away all your money. Okay? Let's not spiritualize this. Okay? Let's be practical with your time, your tithes, 
That's what Ben's going to talk to us now about. He's going to talk about the application of being generous within the context of God Central. So I'm going to hand over to Ben. Uh, right. Uh, thank you very much. And as Ian said, my goal really at the end is to, uh, try, to, is to try and, uh, I don't know, flesh things out, um, kind of just make them land. And uh, the first bit I just wanted to emphasise was the key words. Because uh, as you'll know, a lot of you, I'm a maths teacher, so therefore I like looking at words. <laughs> I am that weird. Um, and obviously the key words on this one are generous, okay, um, and treasure. And uh, both of them, I'm gonna, uh, we're going to root in the Bible for definitions, because uh, obviously that, we're a church. So, so, so it's kind of important to link things into the Bible, because it's foundational for our faith. There's a load of you woken up now. It's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've got to root it in there. So generous, uh, basically, uh, just means a readiness to give more of something. Okay, uh, Ian's talked a lot about money and other things, but it's, it's strictly whatever. It's showing kindness, of being plentiful, of, of just holding things lightly and being unusually happy to invest them somewhere else. So generous, as Ian alluded to there, we're going to land with, with regards to our time, uh, with regards to our skills, our talents, as well as finances. And uh, the biblical basis for generosity... Um, I'm, I've got uh, three scriptures. For the speed of time, I'm going to really go through them quickly, and I'm going to summarise the key verses out of them. So, Lou, if I could get the Deuteronomy chapter 15. So, Deuteronomy is back in the Old Testament, uh, which is the first part of the Bible, written uh, very much to God's people, Israel, uh, in their rules. And uh, what God is saying here is he's putting his heart of generosity, his provision, into his people. And, uh, and, it, and I'm trying to prove it. it starts right back at the beginning of things. So what, uh, what, what, what's coming out here, it says, if, one, if among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need. There's that going above, the kind of root of generosity. Whatever it may be. Now, I don't know, they didn't probably have iPads and things in those days, but I'm just thinking a few of you have got some nice bits and I could, no, you can't apply it that way, okay? <laughs> but just because some of you and a few of you are laughing, probably started to, it's, it's talking about the, the core of our being. It's not just what we fancy, it's needs, okay? Uh, it says if we keep going on, the seventh year there was a whole, uh, whole system of releasing things back to the original people. I haven't got time to go into that. But with your eye, which Ian mentioned, look grudgingly on your poor brother. So we don't look down on people and give them nothing, lest they'll cry against God. You shall give to him freely, and your heart will not be grudging when you give. Because for this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hands, your brother, to the needy, to the poor in your hand. Kind of open-handed generosity rooted in there. I love that bit, actually. Uh, Lou, next one quickly. Next one is one of our key scriptures. If you've been around God Central for a while, you'll know Isaiah 58 is one of the, the passages we preach through back at Playhouse. But this is it. You know, this is uh, God saying, is this not the fast I chose? So don't apply this on Fridays when we're praying and fasting, but this is the root behind it, okay? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? 
when you see the naked to cover him and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. And, and then there's a promise off the back of it. If, if we work in those ways, we'll see the glory of God. That provision and holding things light-handed amongst the people of God is there again. And uh, the third one is Jesus' own words uh, taken from the Gospel of Luke. And uh, Jesus said, you know, uh, he said also to the man who had invited him, he's talking about the parable here of the banquet, if, if, for those of you who know, when you give a dinner or banquet, do not inv invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbours, lest they also invite you in return. So in other words, you know, don't invite so-and-so down the street because you know that their, their summer bash is a good one and you want to get there with the Prosecco and strawberries. That's not, there's loads of you looking guilty here, there's going to be some ministry afterwards, yeah? That you don't invite with a return of what's coming, yeah? That you, it's that open-handed, that generosity that you invite because you want to hang out with people, not because what you're going to get, men are, you're laughing too much, <laughs> okay? Be, and you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. In other words, Jesus will repay us. He'll make it good. It's not about which party we're getting invited to. Okay? Although I have got some spare dates over the summer if you're thinking about some. Um, anyway, uh, so that's generosity. Treasure. Uh, Lou mentioned treasure last week. And we've mentioned it lots. And we're not talking about uh, sea chests here. Uh, unfortunately, that's gone out the window. Uh, I'll leave that with my daughter uh, reading Treasure Island, and we'll come back to treasure as in the Bible, not Jim Sparrow and Long John Silver and all of those. Um, so the biblical, it talks about treasure as things we have control on. And I'll put there, albeit limited control, just so you don't misquote me, but they're things we can make decisions about that reflect our character. And in general, they can be broken down to three areas, which we know of as time, with our talents and our finances. And they're all finite. In other words, once you do something with one of those, it's done. You know, I was told at a young age by my dad, once, once you've spent it, you've spent it. <laughs> I think that was his quote on the campsite. I mean, loads of you are laughing, you know, that, that I wish my money didn't go and I could use it and use it again. But the reality is that, that those things are. So we can't use our time twice. You know, this moment that, that I'm using to stand here and you guys are choosing to sit. We, can, we, don't, we can't choose that again. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's, it's that period. You know, same with the five-pound note, because I'm going to be up to date, not pound notes. <laughs> yeah? Once I've spent it in the shop, it's gone, isn't it? You know, you can't say to the shop, oh, do you know what? Actually, can I have it back? <laughs> I'd prefer to have my meal back. And no. And the same with our talents. That, you know, the skills that you're going to use, once you're using them, you can't be using them in multiple places at the same time. Do you know what I mean? You know, they're all finite resources, they're all things entrusted to us by God. That's the key thing. That, that we are stewards of the things he's given us. We're finite. We come from dust and we go to dust. The Bible makes that really clear. Do you know what I mean? And unlike the ancient e Egyptians, if you've been down to the British Museum, you can't just load stuff in your tomb and take it with you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, you know, if we think of a family heirloom, um, I was doing some work, uh, Leela would be impressed with this, I didn't tell him. I was doing a bit of history work on the royal family, and there are heirlooms that have been passed down from generation to generation. And do you know what happens? As one king, queen, royal member dies, the next person inherits. And they, they have stewardship for their life. And then do you know what? It goes to the next and the next. The same with many of you who have inherited things. You know, we steward, we hold lightly, but they're not ultimately ours. It's that biblical approach to hold lightly, to be open-handed. And the tree holding all that up, if I'm using that analogy, is contentment <coughs> in, in, our, in where we sit. And contentment wrestles, as Ian pointed, against striving, doesn't it? 
that you know the opposite is are you content in your lot or are you striving after the next thing whether it be phones whether it be cars whether it be any material stuff holidays because <laughs> they came up you know, are we striving or are we content with where we are and as Ian mentioned that means resting in God knowing our identities in God that we are loved and accepted that we're not you know to use the I love Tolkien's Lord of the Ring you know, the, the power that that ring gives and the corruption. And we all sitting there watching it thinking, and, and basically it's all of us. Do you know what I mean? We might as well just put a mirror there and get rid of the 42-inch plasma or whatever and just have a mirror. Because it's talking about the wrestles we face, isn't it, as things change and we go on. Um, but on the other hand, that, I want to clearly say, because I'm just in danger of overcooking one end the other, the Bible does not call us either to a, a monastic, <laughs> have-nothing lifestyle either. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, that the, there are good gifts given by a Heavenly Father. And it's how we steward and walk those. And some people can have a stewardship over a larger amount because their hearts can handle it. I need a limited amount because my heart's not great. But you get the idea. You know, there's a, there's a bandwidth, isn't there, which we can all hold. So as Ian rightly said, stuff is not wrong. It's the love and the driving of the stuff that, that takes us there. Hence the whole scripture today of where your treasure is, there your heart is. So God's central. Um, coming into flesh, coming in right to land. We thought we'd, uh, we just thought, in God's central, how have we been generous with the treasure of time? And uh, in summary, I'd say over our 10 years, because we've been encouraging people uh, to serve outside of God's central. And many of you have done, are doing, have done that and are doing it. Whether that's been with friends and families in other places. Do you mean if it's been things like food bank and maybe open door and helping hands? Uh, school assemblies and a whole other plethora of stuff that goes on in Harlow, if it's been away at festivals, at ground level, at New Day and stuff. Do you mean we believe in holding things lightly and sowing the best that we've got into the kingdom of God where, where, where it's going to be never going to rust, never going to fade. It's going to be used to glorify Jesus. Likewise, where have, we, where have we been generous with our talents? And this one, this one really challenged me because... We, we, we said in the very early days, probably when I, I sat with Ian and Lee, that we wanted to uh, invest in other churches, in other fellowships as much as our own. And we have. We've had the privilege of having people from God Central leading worship, speaking, doing children's work, uh, and blessing other churches, sometimes at the detriment of here for a, for a time, if you can use that. And I'm so pleased. And one of the challenges for me that came out of this is, God, would you get us into that position where we can do so again? Do you know what I mean? Where we can, where we can invest in the bigger kingdom again. Because it's not necessarily about this school hall. I love, I love you all. I like being here. Don't get the hum. Do you know what I mean? But it's about him, isn't it? And his renown and going bigger. And the last one, where we've been generous with our finances. And, uh, you know, uh, Lou, we'll, 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 there must be a financial update coming kind of around about April time. But roughly speaking, you, you guys are amazingly generous with the gifts God's given you. And so thank you. But we have somewhere in the region of about sort of £50,000 of turnover. And uh, I want you to know that 10% of that, because that's kind of where we sit in our time, goes straight back into the New Frontiers family of churches for global stuff. Ben mentioned it in the prayer earlier. Do you know what I mean? Because we want to do that. Do you mean, it's why we want to take up social, social action offerings. It's why we want to give to the homeless. We've given food parcels away. Uh, you know, we've invested in different charities and different needs and different buses and those sort of things. Because actually, we believe corporately God has trusted us, just He's trusted us on the small scale. 
You know, uh, you know, recently, if you've read the newsletters, you'll know we've started sponsoring little Leah through Compassion. That was something that, uh, obviously, Dougie Doug spoke to us about at the Panto at the end of last year. And on top of that, I want to say, you know, we've given ministry gifts. <laughs> we've invested in individuals. We've part-funded Bible Weeks. We've part-funded a lot of things. And there's books galore at the back. <laughs> so feast yourselves on the new ones. But we don't believe in, in hanging on to things. And I know I've missed some stuff there. Now, the tough bit as I come into land. What about you and I? Because I'm not going to let myself get away from it. I'm not going to let you get away from it. Well, how can we really flesh out generosity? And I've split each one down into towards God and towards people. So in terms of being generous towards God, which almost seems a, a counter-statement, but you've got to read behind it. You know, do we give him the time that is due his name in worship, in prayer, in talking to him? Or do we cram him into other bits? Do you mean, you know, I, I know loads of us, you know, would love to go more in that area. And so let, don't, let's go under condemnation. But let's be generous with our time towards God. Let's give him the best of times. And with people, uh, again, hospitality, loitering is a word I want to get. I, want to, I don't know how, I need to get someone to do some attacks. But just the, 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 the gift of loitering, which basically means you're there early and you're there at the end and you're just available to chat. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's making time. It's not, oh, today I've just got to dash too. Sorry, sorry. Do you know what I mean? Because that's the culture that we live in outside. You know, I, I run incredibly busy and I think there's something about just being generous with people with time and not dashing away. <coughs> being generous with our talents. Do you know what I mean? You know, that's going to come down to serving within this house, God's central, the family's put you in, but also using your skills to build the kingdom. Do you know I mean, you know, if you've got bits, come and chat. I'll keep it that brief. But how can your skills uh, build God's kingdom? And how can you assist your brothers and sisters? And don't discount yourself because you've all got skills. And there's always people who need childminding, a bit of DIY, financial advice, just a bit of it, life experience about redundancy or health or those bits. All of that is, is in, encompassed in our sort of skills, talents and things. We've all got stories that we can use. Do you know what I mean? You know, cooking, oh, it, there's so much there. How can we use it? And generous with our finances, that we want to bring to God with a good heart what is due his name in tithes and offerings. And uh, Just to say, you know, seek God on that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the Holy Spirit, I'm a firm believer, will, will guide you. And towards people, do you know what I mean? You know, can you give them a gift? Can you just take them out for a meal? Can you buy the coffees when you meet? To me, it's the small things, I think, that just emanate the heart of generosity. It's not massive stuff. It's just doing good day in, day out. Because as we sung earlier, God is our good, good Father. And he's showered blessings upon us. You know, the Christian faith, as we said, is anchored in a good God who sent his son to, to die in our place so that we can have eternal life with him. And uh, we're going to return and we're going to worship in a set with, the, with a song called The Stand. And it just talks about, all I have is yours. And that's why Ian picked it. You know, that line, all I have is yours, invest in God. But as you're doing that, we want to just challenge you. Do you know what I mean? That Ian's points, do you know what I mean? You know, where are you with your heart? Where are you with your faith, your joy? the freedom that comes from it and the future. And 
just be asking God for sort of a, couple, a minute or so, just before we start to sing and we keep those words up. You know, we'll ask some of those questions through. That God would speak. That we wouldn't leave this place the same as when we came here. But that we would be built up to be the men and women that God calls us to be. So we'll just take a moment or two and then I'm going to invite Ian to pray over us, I think. And then we need to get going into worship. <coughs> just feel to say that you don't discount yourself. And you say, I haven't got this, I haven't got that, or whatever. If you know Jesus, you have everything. And there is stuff in each of us that God has given us. Whether that be stories, smiles, the, the way we can change atmospheres. So I would just say, don't listen to the lies of the world that say that you're worthless. <laughs> you are so worth it that the God of heaven would die for you. That's how much you're worth. And so live for him. Invest the skills, the talks he's had in him. And I think that's going to be key for one or two people. He's not discounting, but pushing in. Search my heart, Lord. Did you pray that this morning? Search my heart. Lead me in the path of everlasting. Can you respond to God this morning? God's speaking to you. Reminds me of yeah, the, the analogy of the cup. Is your cup full of something other than God? Because if it is, there's no room for him. You need to empty your cup. For each one of us, that means something different, but God will show you. Because God's passionate about revealing himself and filling you with his spirit, the very life of God in us. That secret that Ben talked about in Christ. So I would just urge you to respond. Father, thank you for your grace. You don't condemn, Father, but you, you love us too much to leave us as we are. And you have so much more for us you gave so much to give so much that we would have so much. Father, thank you. Amen. Yeah, we're going to, we are going to worship. And during worship, we're just going to, just going to let God be God and meet us as we are, because we know he will. Um, and if you've got any healing needs, uh, myself, Ian, will go and 
loiter over by the windows uh, where it's sort of, sort of semi-quiet and we can pray. And if you've got other bits of life you just want to talk through, if you're part of God's Central Family, you just want to say, you know, if you go to your life group leaders, uh, they can pray for you. If you're not in a group there, if you just come over to myself and Ian once we've kind of prayed with healing, it'd be an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And likewise, if you're exploring who Jesus is, <laughs> you know, uh, talk to any of us, grab some of the books, please don't leave here, because it, it's an eternal destiny question. Yeah? So love being here, really do. Love the noise, love the banter, love the hearts, but above it all, love Jesus. He is my God. He is our God, our firm foundation. So let's stand and let's uh, just worship and lift him up. And if someone could just let the children know that we're into the last.